Let us pray. Gracious loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that we have this opportunity to come before you. We give you thanks for the gift of your word. We give you thanks for the gift of Christ and your grace. God guide us. We may be faithful interpreters of you. In Jesus' most holy name we pray. Amen. Good evening, friends, um, and welcome to a Holy Week edition of Scripture Talk. Um, and boy, are we going to talk about a lot of Scripture uh, tonight. Um, I, uh, without further ado, I am Pastor Jay Comstock. With me as ever, Sister Brandy Dudley. Pastor Scott Ketchup. Brother Stacy Tyler. And so tonight, uh, we had this debate in our production meeting immediately following the last show of like, what do you do for Easter week? Because... Part of what you do, oh, you just talk about the Easter text. And sure, but part of my goal, particularly, I think always for Holy Week, is that we live the story. And so my point is, we're not there yet. It's not Easter yet. Um, it is the Monday of Easter week. Um, it is the Monday of Holy Week. And part of the journey of Holy Week is uh, you don't talk about Easter until it's Easter, right? That you take, that we have to... We don't talk about, about Easter. Easter. No, no, no. This is going to drive me to drink. Uh, real, really sad I have another meeting after this. Or I can just, uh, by the way, guys, I, I, I got, a, I got a, a Holy Week joke for y'all. Oh, God. Here we go. Dear Lord. What do you see when you look in the mirror on Palm Sunday morning? I don't know uh, what. A face palm. Oh. Okay, so what we're going to be doing um, on tonight's show uh, that is a little different is rather than jump to the end of the story, um, we will be, don't, don't worry, we are going to be preaching on Easter um, at all of our churches, um, and there will be five of our churches will have worship services um, across um, Easter Day, and so yes, we're, on Sunday we're going to be preaching on Easter. You preach the resurrection, um, it's one of those sermons that kind of writes itself. Um, but we're going to do, uh, we're going to do the crucifixion. Uh, we're actually going to do the entire journey uh, from Jesus' arrest um, through his burial in the tomb. Um, we are going to narrate um, that, uh, uh, which is what we're going to be preaching on. Uh, Scott Brandy and I will be preaching on on Good Friday um, at the three churches, um, three of our churches that are having Good Friday services. This is the text of Good Friday, which is Jesus' arrest, which is the last event of Monday Thursday um, through his burial in the tomb, uh, which is the end of the Good Friday service, a Good Friday story, um, and then you just have a whole bunch of people uh, staring at, staring, um, at uh, each other in a room, um, trying not to fart audibly. That is the, 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 like, the story of the upper room, um, is a bunch of men, uh, grown men, sitting in a room going, ah, it's going to echo, it's going <laughs> to echo. I can't leave the Rome, but it's going to echo. Um, anyways, so on so, that. So if, if you are interested in Jesus this week or even remotely curious, this is the week for you. This is the week, right? And yeah. so, and this is um, what is an, an, an adaptation of uh, John uh, chapter 18, verse 1 uh, through John chapter 19, verse uh, 42. Uh, this is uh, what we will be using um, for Good Friday. Jesus went forth with his disciples disciples across the Kidron Valley, uh, where there was a garden, which he and his disciples entered. Now Judas, who betrayed him, also knew the place, for Jesus often met there with his disciples. So Judas, procuring a band of soldiers and some officers and the chief priests and the Pharisees, went there with lanterns and torches and weapons. Then Jesus, knowing all that was to befall him, came forward and said to him, Whom do you seek? They answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said to him, said to them, 
I am he. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. When he said to them, I am he, they they drew back and fell to the ground. Again he asked them, Whom do you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus answered, I told you that I am he. So if you seek me, let these men go. This was to fulfill the word which he had spoken. I did not lose a single one of those whom you gave me. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the chief priest's slave and cut off his right ear. The slave was named Malchus. Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into its sheath. Shall I not drink drink the cup which the Father has given me. So the band of soldiers and their captain and the officers of the Judean authority seized Jesus and bound him. First they led him to Annas, for he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was also high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had given counsel to the religious authorities that it was expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. As this disciple was known to the high priest, he entered the court of the high priest along with Jesus, while Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the woman who guarded the gate and brought Peter in. The woman who guarded the gate said to Peter, Are you not also one of this man's disciples? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire, because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have have always taught in the synagogues and in the temple where all Jewish people come together. Have I said nothing? I excuse me. I have said nothing secretly. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said this, one of the officers standing by Jesus struck him with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If I have spoken wrongly, bear witness to the wrong. But if I have spoken rightly, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him bound to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. They said to him, Are not you also one of his disciples? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, a kinsman of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter denied it again, and at once the cock crowed. That ear thing keeps coming back to get him. (laughs) (laughs) Then they led Jesus from the house of Caiaphas to Pilate's headquarters. It was early. They themselves did not enter the headquarters so that they might not be defiled, but might eat the Passover. So Pilate went out to them and said, What accusation do you bring against this man? They answered him, If this man were not an evil doer, we would not have handed him over. Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. The religious authorities said to him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death. This was to fulfill the word which Jesus had spoken to show by what death he was to die. 
God, they're cowards. Very much. And they had all kinds of ways to kill people. Uh, they did. Yeah. And, and also, this is one of those, like, um, they should be really against Rome, and yet they are using Rome, who is the evil empire for everybody. Puppets. Anyways. Puppets. Pilate entered the headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this on your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingship is not of this world. If my kingship were of this world, my servants would fight, that I might not be handed over to the religious authorities. But my king, my kingship is not from this world. Pilate said to him, Are you a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For, for this I was born, and for this I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Who's on first? What's, What's on, on second? second? I don't know who's on third. After Pilate had said this, he went to the religious authorities again and told them, I find no crime in him, but you have a custom that I should release one man for you at the Passover. Will you have me release for you the king of the Jews? They cried out again, Not this man. But Barabbas. Now, Barabbas was a robber. There's a great comment in the chat. Pilot sounds like an overworked parent. I want to sleep <laughs> in. What do you want now? This really? Work it out yourselves. Yeah, yeah. I think that's absolutely true. That's perfect. <laughs> then Pilate took Jesus and scourged him. And the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head and arrayed him in a purple robe. They came up to him saying, Hail, King of the Jews! and struck him with their hands. Pilate went out again and said to them, See, I'm bringing him out to you, that you may know that I find no crime in him. So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. Pilate said to them, Behold the man. When the chief priests and the officers saw him, they cried out, Crucify him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Take him yourselves and crucify him, for I find no crime in him. Religious authorities answered him, We have a law, and by that law he ought to die, because he made himself the Son of God. When Pilate heard these words, he was the more afraid. He entered the headquarters again and said to Jesus, Where are you from? But Jesus gave no answer. Pilate therefore said to him, You will not speak to me? Do you not know that I have power to release you and power to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no power over me unless it had been given you from above. Uh, Therefore, uh, he who delivered me to you has the greater sin. Ha. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Mic drop. Upon this, Pilate sought to release him. But the religious authorities cried out, If you release this man, you are not Caesar's friend. Every, everyone who makes himself a king sets himself against Caesar. When Pilate heard these words, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the seat of judgment at the place called the pavement, and in Hebrew, Gabbatha. Now it was the day of the preparation of the Passover. It was about the sixth hour. He said to the religious authorities, Behold, your king! They cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said to them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priests answered, We have no king but Caesar! Huh. Mm. Really? Okay. They handed him over. To be crucified. Da, da, da. So they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of a skull, 
which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. There they crucify him and with him two others, one on either side and Jesus between them. Pilate also wrote a title and put it on the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Many of the Judeans read this title for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek. The Jewish chief priests then said to Pilate, Do not write the King of the Jews, but this man said, I am the King <laughs> of the Jews. This guy should be a lawyer. <laughs> Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. There's a great uh, comment in the chat uh, from Jeannie. He found no crime in him, but let the soldiers torture him. You got to understand Roman legal logic. Well, it's a little bit of torture. The point was he didn't want to kill him. Well, torture him a little, send him on his way. It's nothing. Right? <clears throat> when the soldiers had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and made four parts, one for each soldier. It's fair. <laughs> It's fair, right, Cole. Yeah, yeah. 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 We can't have it all here. You get a little bit. You get a little bit. Also, his tunic, but the tunic was without seam, woven from top to bottom. So they said to one another, "Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it to see whose it shall be." This was to fulfill the scripture that they parted my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And you get a little Jesus, and you get a little Jesus, oh. and you. So the soldiers did this, but standing by the, cro- by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, too many Marys, and Mary Magdalene, uh, th- the three Marys. Um, this is absolutely that. Um, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved, John, standing near, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. That's great. Woman. (laughs) Like, it's probably a rough translation. Right. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. A bowl full of vinegar stood there, so they put a sponge full of the vinegar on hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. There's a question in the chat from Jeannie. Uh, what was so great about the garments that they wanted, wanted them in the first place? Well, back in ancient times, you only had like one set of clothes, maybe two. And so your clothing was one of the most valuable. This is actually true up until the 1900s. Um, your, um, your clothing was one of the most, uh, you're 15, um, was one of the most valuable possessions that you owned um at all. And so, yeah, as Joe replies, it's like trophies of conquest. And also, it's just cloth was an ex- until we figured out mass manufacture, um, cloth was one of the most valuable things any one person would own. Mm-hmm. Since it was the day of preparation in order to prevent the bodies from remaining on the cross on the Sabbath, for that Sabbath was a high day, the religious authorities asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. Because, you know, they hadn't done enough. Yeah, right. More. So the, so the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first Pow. and of the other who had been crucified with him. Pow. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he tells the truth, that you also may believe. 
John's way of saying, I was there. <laughs> and for these things that took place that the scripture might be fulfilled, not a bone of him shall be broken. And again, another scripture says, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. Mm-hmm. So we did everything else to him, but we're not going to break his bones. Right. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the religious authorities, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of of Jesus, and Pilate gave him leave. So they came and took away his body. Nicodemus also, who had at first come to him by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. They took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with the spices, as it was the burial custom of the Jews. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, where no one had ever been laid. So, because the Jewish day of preparation, as the tomb as the tomb was close at hand, they laid Jesus there. Oh, they gave him a new tomb. Right, that's, that's part of it. Um, and, and so this is the, like, both overt and covert disciples of Jesus kind of stepping in. And so this um, ends the this ends the reading. It is two full chapters of scripture. It is um, the arrest through the crucifixion. And so this is not necessarily, it, it's an amount of scripture that you don't necessarily pick it apart in detail. We, we kind of, as we went, make fun of the little jibes that John gets in there that I was definitely there. Huh. I, I, everyone else scattered, but I was definitely there. Uh, which fair point, everyone else does scatter, except for John. And I know what's going on. You can take it from me because I was there. I was there. I and was I'm going to I'm gonna get it. And it's just like when you read the resurrection and account. I'm telling the truth. Too. Telling the truth. You can read the resurrection account in John. Um, he gets there. He beats Peter in a foot race. Um, and he makes sure that he gets in there that he beats Peter in a foot race. And so, uh, you know, John, John has... John is unique in, in the scriptural witness. He has the most about um, the crucifixion. Everyone has some version of the crucifixion, a, a burial, um, and a resurrection story. But John has that detail in part because you have this sense that John, um, at least you know, as he presents the scripture, was he was the only disciple there. Um, and whether he is the person who wrote this out by hand or this is part of the kind of school of writers that he trained, again, is somewhat immaterial. These books would have evolved over time, and so you can trace this back to what is probably a witness of John that then gets, you know, changed and edited and fixed and adjusted um, from this team of, like, writers um, that he trains. Because the, the amount of scripture that it's attributed to John and the, like, breadth of time it seems to cover that it seems to be aware of, maybe John lived for, like, a hundred years. I, you know, who am I? Who am I to say? Um, but it seems to stray into the second century AD. Um, but you can trace back to this core of like, hey, here is this guy. Um, part of his pitch is like, hey, I was there. This is what I saw. And what I saw is, you know, a willing and horrific death that sits yeah. at the heart of this scripture. So in other words, uh, there wasn't a, uh, I saw the crucifixion and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. I mean, this is kind of like John's version of that, yeah. yeah. Well, it's also the fact that you know, so many aspects of the gospel is people telling other things about right. it, and throughout the New Testament, the various... And so he's he is mentioning that, no, there is an eyewitness. Right. I was there. And, and this is important when you look at how some of the stories have been twisted about people hiding the body or not really him and swooning. But no, there was an eyewitness account that literally saw it was Jesus. Right. Um, part of John's stuff, we have people mentioning out there, yes, yeah, human nature. And then I like this, uh, Joe. John always puts himself up against Peter, who says smart things sometimes, 
then says dumb things. Well, so and you, at least but, we have uh, this self-deprecating humor yeah, yeah. in the way John goes about it. Well, you also you do get the sense that like Peter is the unlikely leader. Yeah. And but that's part of part of what makes Peter Peter is he ends up this leader even though he doesn't have the background for it. Right? It's yeah. clear like it's clear that both uh John and Paul are both better writers than Peter is. <laughs> Certainly far more prolific writers than Peter is. But you get the sense that Peter had ineffable qualities that Jesus was able to identify, and he ends up this tremendous leader, even though he is not the one who's there at the crucifixion, even though he's not maybe even the one that Jesus is emotionally closest to. That really does seem to be John. Um, but, P- but Jesus being Jesus also sees something in Peter. I think it's also important of realizing for not just the disciples, but even us, to the extent that Peter missed it yeah and then to the extent that jesus goes further or to bring him back and restore mm-hmm. and love on him shows us that you know if peter could goof it and miss it that bad and come on there really is redemption for all of us well and and i think at the core of this scripture is is part of it is jesus sacrifice right of course but part of it is like the events leading up to it really make that sacrifice harder and not just more painful, but here are the very people that Jesus has come to save everybody, um, turning on him, right? Rejecting him, um, amplifying the torture. Um, I bring this up every year, making him appear naked in front of his mother, right? Like all in front of God, literally God and everybody, right? Like the, the very like, People Jesus has come to save, to set free, to die for, are also the people that condemn him, are also the people that abandon him, are also the people that torture him, that also are the people who lead to this incredibly painful death, are also the people bartering for his clothes, right? Like, all of these people who you read about are also people that Jesus came to save. Yeah. And then Jesus can relate to us because he's gone through what we go through on a daily basis. Sexually abused, harassed, yeah. mm-hmm. poked fun of, and betrayed by his best friends and everything. You, he's gone through everything. That's how come he can relate and save us from that said thing that he went through. Uh, there was a song uh, in college at uh, SFA that we utilized as a uh, theatrical backdrop. It was one of those where you played the song and we acted it out. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember who did the song, but it was This Blood's For You. And it different processes and aspects of it like when he stumbles and they they bring in simon who yes. making him carry the cross they, they, they play it like there's this moment where jesus is saying you know as the blood splatters on him this blood's for you right as he's the nail is being driven into his hand there's this moment in the song that they play it like jesus turns and looks yeah at, and, and, and they play it like he didn't really say anything but that the person nailing it realizes that he's saying this blood's for you and that's literally what Jesus came to do, and that's the reality of it, that all of that that he went through, and when you read the whole account of the beatings and the, yeah. the pulling out of his beard and all of that, the lashes, it's it's horrendous. Mm-hmm. And he didn't have to do that. No, it's a he choice. It's an active choice, right? And that's so he, what was crazy. And, it wasn't also like that he was arrested, and you know, sometimes like people in prison, they're arrested, and then they can't get away. This is he Jesus. Could have gotten away, and uh, yeah, it's yeah, snapping his fingers, right? It's I mean the that's 
we talked about this when we uh, read the temptation text, which was only months ago, but feels like a million years ago, um, when we looked at the temptation of Christ, that the same thing that was true, right? The devil takes him up and says, hey, jump off there. The angels are going to catch you, right? You're hungry, eat bread, right? And again, as we said then, there's nothing objectively wrong with eating bread. There's nothing objectively wrong with God saving you when, you know, you're in danger, right? I can be t- preaching this. Right, this was the beginning of one. Yeah, God, it feels like a long time ago. That was like a month and a half <laughs> ago. <laughs> oh, God, I'm tired. Um, Joe threw me a lifeline. She said it was Carmen. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, fantastic. Um, but, you know, what we said then is what's, what's true here, that Jesus could save himself, right? This is not... Um, because he is able to rise from the dead, and if he can defeat death, he certainly could get out of the bonds, the bonds of the Romans. Um, this is, he is letting this happen. Um, he is letting himself be hurt um, by, again, by the very people he came to help. And this is, right, so you can look at this and go, man, those people were bad. Yes. Yes, they were. Uh, but part of the point of Good Friday is that we're not any better. Uh-uh. Right? Right. Um, that and all this and all this was done for the future, not for like. Well, it was done. It was done for both the present and the future, uh-huh. right? And the past. And the past. That's the right. Oh, like it is. It is as much for these fools as it is for us fools. Uh-huh. Um, but the point is not right. You know, we, we all get this like you know, or, or maybe we don't all get this. But there's often this like this temptation to the high and mighty, the temptation to Christian Christian self righteousness of like, well, if I had had the opportunity, I would have been like the five people um, who were staying by him. That would have been me. Really? No. Really? No. I wouldn't. You sure about that? You be. <laughs> you sure about that? Run off. I, and, and, if, and if you are real sure about that, I'm not so sure about that. No. Yeah, P- Peter was real sure. Well, yeah, about that. Well, we're going to read he that was the on first Thursday. To yeah, speak up and no, no, and I oh, couldn't possibly. Peter, Peter, I would Peter, go to Peter. jail for you. I would die for you. Really? Ricky. I mean, you will eventually. We he, yeah. <laughs> he gave it a good shot. It was a swing and a miss because you will never convince me he was aiming for the ear. Right. I know, and it had to have been on his drop, or else he would have hit shoulder. He, the wind right, how do you get the ear? Right, unless we, we did the mechanics of this at some point, right? If you are, <laughs> if you are drawing, then you're going to hit the ear. But if you go like this, he you're going to hit his arm, <laughs> right? Like I, I mean, he yeah. dodges. You're catching, you know, ear. It's still going into the I mean, shoulders. So or, yeah. or like, is is you know, Mal, Mal just you know, just John the Baba Yaga, John Wick, and he's just able to you know dodge. The Matrix, or, something. Matrix, Keanu Reeves, this stuff i i don't know man um but so i totally see him missing because it plays into the you know jesus shaking his head peter peter put, put, put that up what in the she, name of me yeah, he's gonna yeah, come yeah. Up here she, what are you she, doing she put it away peter put it away please, you're please. a fisherman you are not a fighter why do you even have the sword why where'd you oh, get it from who <laughs> gave this to you john john did you let mm, what me was, man i'm the one that you love I think that was it's been that's the biggest deal about an ear since Mike Tyson and Holyfield. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, comment: uh, Jews wanted a Superman. Jesus um, could have, but didn't leap tall tabernacles in a single bound, faster than a speeding arrow, and more powerful than a than a loco chariot. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, but but, but I like it that. is and like we. I think part of us all wants that. I don't think it's unique to the people then, but we have to understand that. It is in the willingness to sacrifice for us, for those who don't deserve it. That is the true show of strength, right? Bla- just blasting everything and setting himself free doesn't accomplish his goal. It is only in willingly dying that his goal is accomplished. 
you know, it, it plays back to that upside down kingdom yeah. that we've talked about in the past. Uh, it, 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 it's just crazy how, even from Sunday, where we talked about how he comes into uh, uh-huh. Jerusalem, uh-huh. totally mocking and the opposite of what a king would normally uh-huh. do. And, you know, even to the point of, you know, they would normally come in and then go straight to the temple and do a, right. set things straight by doing an offering. And Jesus came straight into the temple. And, and he's going to... wrecked shop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to have some kicking of tables over, yep. a braiding of a whip, yeah. chasing everyone out. Uh-huh. So keep that in mind when you'll ask, what would Jesus do? Because flipping over tables and chasing people or whips are well within That's the option. realm of possibilities. <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. Party, man. Well, this is, oh, you know, this, this back to this quote that I definitely need to look up that the thing Methodist gets wrong as we think God is nice, right? Uh-huh. Like there's a difference between nice and loving and Man. nice and kind. And Jesus is loving and kind, but sometimes being told your faults is a kindness. But this, <laughs> but this is, this also gets at, this is another one of those things where like, I, I know in the back of the mind of a lot of Christians, I've had these thoughts myself. It's like, yeah, but I would be one of the ones that made it through the whole week. I would be there at the crucifixion. But like anytime you live a life where there's a thin line, thin line between Saturday night and Sunday morning, you're not right. Like if we can't even manage to live our faith consistently day to day, week to week, do we really believe when the chips are down? Um, when the social pressure, the peer pressure, the political pressure um, is to deny this guy, are we really going to be any better, better than Peter? I suspect not, right? You know, that's a good question because, like, you know, what, what it says in uh, Revelations about uh, taking the mark. Yeah. Uh, are, are you, I mean, when it comes down to the chips, are you going to take the mark or are you going to, like, keep with your faith? Right. And until you... Until you realize that all of this, that this is what sin is, right? That it's part of this story is a story and is a story for us to see what Jesus did, but also a story to see the impact that our sin has, right? It is all of our sin. It is not just the sin. It is not just the cowardice of Pilate, um, the plotting evil of Caiaphas, um, the, you know, cowardice of Peter. It is not just the, you know, the greed of, and disappointment of Judas, right? It is not just the sins of these people that land Jesus where he is. Uh-huh. Because Jesus could overcome them, right? Jesus is willingly doing this because of all of us, yeah. not just because of those guys. And that when we do not live our faith, all the time, we are no better than Peter, right? Peter is in, Peter gets the role he gets in the story. Um, He gets highlighted by the gospel writers. Um, The disciples do as a reminder that the people who are closest to Jesus also almost universally fail him. Yeah, Because I think it, it, it all wound winds up in like under, um, you know, selfishness and greed and all that winds up to the one word I, I think about the most, and that's vanity. Sure, yeah. But then Peter was commissioned by Christ to be, upon this rock, I'll build my church. Right. He's not a bad guy. I mean, he, he, or he's no better or any worse than the rest of us. It's like what, uh, you know, a question I asked in a Sunday sermon. When Jesus doesn't live up to the expectation you thought was going to happen, what do you do with that moment? Right. And that's what's happening here. They're all being faced because they all understood he was the Messiah. But uh-huh. their understanding of what the Messiah was going to do 
was true. That's what's crazy. It just <laughs> yeah. was not at that time. They weren't ready. Right. They, did, they didn't. Well, they had a separation in the teaching of the rabbis that separated the suffering servant from the Messiah a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And they didn't see it as the same individual having to go through that and then later coming back to do all the, you know, victorious taking over stuff. Well, but even that victorious taking over will look different, Different. right? Uh Because what is established is something far greater, right? That what, what is accomplished in Easter, which is, you know, where this week is going Mm -hmm. and where, and what this, this, this willing sacrifice sets up the joy of Easter. We journey into this valley, right? Um, Because it is important to understand that it is not just an empty tomb. He really did die, Uh right? That it is not just that the tomb is empty, but that he went into that tomb, a dead man and walked out anyways. But a lot of people want to skip that part and go straight to the resurrection. Oh, everyone always wants to skip the hard They don't want to go through the suffering and death. But that's how, but that's how we, there's no death without resurrection. Right. And, we often, as humans, want to skip the hard stuff, but that's why we're not ready for a crisis. Uh-huh. Right? That, like, Peter's like, no, nah, no, nah, I got this. No, so he's don't. not prepared. <laughs> and he didn't. And he didn't. Right. right? Oh. You know, the rest of development narrator, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. He didn't. So, so another interesting thing that I think about uh, from time to time, uh, Jesus' life and ministry. Mm-hmm. He essentially enters into life being very, uh, born in a borrowed place. Yes. Yeah. And then he is laid to rest in a borrowed tomb. Uh-huh. And neither one of them were really the beginning of his story or the end. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't going to need that grave log. That's right. I need to borrow for three days. I'm he didn't need a house to be born in because that wasn't where he was truly beginning. He right. had a, a, an eternal beginning. And then the end, well, that wasn't the end. That was just, a, you know, hey, I'm a... Go do some yeah. stuff down there. I'll be right back. I'll be right, I'll be right back. I got, I got some stuff. I'll be back in three. I'll be back in three. <laughs> Hold my beer. Watch this. Yeah. You're never going to believe this one. Yeah. I'm going to go get a pack them. of smokes. I'll be right back. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Got to go pick up some keys. I'll be right back. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right back. I forgot my key. Hold on. I forgot my. Hold on. Hold on. I forgot my keys. All right. Go get them. Go get them. A couple of great uh, comments in the chat, and then we'll bring this uh, show in for a landing. Um, yeah. The, repeating that line suffering, death, and resurrection. Right. That that all three of those things go, go together. Um, and the suffering and the death is willing, which is what gives the strength uh, behind. Um, Behind that, behind that resurrection and the power behind it. Um, and we all side with different characters when we read a book, and we all get disappointed in movies because the director's head didn't match our head. Right? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. And, but in this one, I think that we, you know, I, we often watch those movies and go, you know, or disaster movies, right? Um, and, oh, we would do so much better. And the coronavirus proved to us, no, we're not really going to yeah, do any no, better. Yeah. Um, and I don't ever... I, I had no time <clears throat> hoarded toilet paper, nor I, did I, no, we run completely out. Charmageddon. I did not run hoard toilet paper either, but that we held, hoarded toilet paper I tells you a lot about, about yeah. the humanity. So, uh, so our fear of there not being enough food probably won't be as bad because they're all bad. They're fighting to get yes. the toilet paper. I know. Charmageddon. Yeah. There won't be enough food. You may not like the food. But there will be enough food. TP2. That's going to be okay. Stop hoarding stuff, people. There is enough, especially (laughs) if no one hoards it. Um, But but I don't want us to end up walking out of this story with that thing, allowing that thought in the back of our mind that is, ah, we do so much better. I'm not sure we would. What were you going to say, Stacey? Well, I was going to say, did you know that 
uh, the mamas and the papas made a song about Holy Week? What? 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 Is this gonna be terrible? Monday, Monday. Oh God! Wow! Wow! And on that note, it is time. It's definitely time to end this show. Um, Thank you so much for joining (laughs) us uh, on this uh, on this Holy Week edition. Um, uh, We will be. uh, I I know we didn't read the Easter text here, but Easter is coming. Um, This is not the end of the story, and so come Sunday uh, for you know, and the Paul Harvey thing, the rest of the story, right? right. Because the rest of the story is a heck of a lot better than we end this here. But in order to understand where our joy comes from, you must understand the absence of the joy. And so if you have comments uh, for us, uh, you can post them here on our Facebook page, over on our YouTube channel, on our website, palestinegrace.com slash videos. You can email us, gracechurchpalestine at gmail.com. If you like an audio-only version of this podcast, just search Scripture Talk by Grace Church in your podcatcher of choice. Um, And we will be back uh, next week uh, with a regularly scheduled episode. I don't know what it's about yet. I'm going to figure that out. I haven't written those series yet. We're just going to get past. We just got to live through the next week. Um, But um, also remember, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. (laughs) And fear not, stay well. God is with us. There we go. Maybe the best Disney Yeah. Movie. It really... So, so... Of so the I classics. Guess, so I guess, you know, we're talking about the classic Robin Hood. There's that one. That's that one. There's Men in Tights. And, and, and then, and then, uh, then, then nothing else happened. <laughs> I want to add a laugh track to this. <laughs> there are only two versions of Robin Hood. <laughs> like the fox. <laughs> <laughs>